Welcome to episode 530 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode 530 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm a little hot. I'm have to take off this new oh, top I'm wearing. Flashy, mate. You walked in, I thought, there's a guy I knew was high oh. fashion walking in. Oh. Oh. Is it nice and toasty? It is nice and toasty. I've got the new I Am Talk uh, hoodie on here. I actually got an email through from someone this week, good old uh, Nick Hitch Pollock. Mm-hmm. Pocock, sorry, Pocock. And he was saying uh, he did the, the half Twin Cities, half hits Twin Cities race. Mm-hmm. He had the I Am Talk pants on. And he says he's loving the pants. Very good. I actually think he may have more on, but the pitch recently through he's got a jacket. It looked pretty cold. So. Very nice. Uh, I'm talking proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And his name is Fjordan John. Joseph the Star Walensky. We've got Timothy Pedal to the Metal. Ford. Charles the Shadow Meehan. Mark the Miss- Missile Scuttermore. So that's uh, the supporters of the show. If you want to become a supporter of the show, just go to www.iamtalk.me. Guys, in this week's show, we've got news. We've got a hot topic, uh, which was all about the Olympics, and not many people got Did anyone get it right? No, nobody got uh, Nobody, and I don't think anybody in the world would have got the, the guys' guy. result. Yeah. And the girls, I don't think anybody got that combination. A lot of people got twos or so, mm-hmm. but not threes. Uh, Coach's Corner is going to be all about the Olympics. Mostly, yep, just talk about uh, the Olympic race and also get a little question in there around early morning training. We should also maybe just give our Olympic wrap-up, mm-hmm. our, our highlights and you know, for, for you and I, John, yep. you know, because it's been a very consuming two weeks for me mm-hmm. and I'm glad it's over. I love the Olympics. So two, two weeks is enough. Wow, just the fact, the time factor. Mm. I was very tired by the end of it. Um, we've got my first try and we've got, uh, we've got statistics. We have got a statistic. Statistic, and I'm sure it makes New Zealand look good at the Olympics. Um, <laughs> Not as good as usual. No. And uh, questions and answers. You know, okay, Jonbo, first of all, the I Am Talk gear is out. John's bought me a bag. Look at this. Same, a bag full of gear. Yeah. Let me have a look at it, John. Tell me about it's it. It's looking good. So we're going to do another uh, order run probably just before Christmas, around about that time. But, uh, yeah, it's a new new gear. Did I, get a, did I end up getting a skull cap? No. Did I not? Oh, I've got Iron Talk socks. We've got Iron Talk socks. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. T-shirt, we have T-shirts, we have uh, race gear, I've training a, gear. A new jersey. Hoodie. Another t So when you come and see us over in Kona, we'll be looking looking good. And you even got a plastic bag. And I've got a great piece of paper with my name on it. Yes. So very, very good. Well, there you go, team. Iron Talk gear. Loving that. Uh, so, guys, if you want to get that later on your check that out. Okay, John, we had a lot of races on. We are going to talk about the Olympics. It's obviously the big race from this week, but we're going to have a whole segment devoted to that. So, before we kick into that, we had Ironman Sweden for the girls this weekend. And what happened there, Jombo? We had uh, Kirsten Moller take it out. Fantastic run split. I mean, she's known as an excellent runner, but she ran 255.09. Wow. Awesome. So 2.5.09. Yeah. Swam one. Jeez, the girls are impressive with the running nowadays, aren't they? Well, the boys are pretty impressive this season as well. We've swam at a sub 2.40 yet, have we? Uh, we had a lot of 2.40s. Yeah. And we had another one this weekend. So Kirsten Moller swam 102 by 5.12. Hold on, let me get oh, Kirsten Moller's times out. 
swam 102, bike 512, ran 255 for a 914, taking it out by seven minutes. And her run did the did the damage over Lucy Zinnikova. Um, she was second in 921, and Caroline Leith Heider was third in 924. We do need to give the um, boys just a little bit of love there because whilst there wasn't any pros there, um, there was still obviously plenty of fellas racing, and they did uh, the first quite a few. Quite a few beat uh, beat the first females. Marcus Larson took it out in 8:43. So it's for an age group. Yes, pretty pretty sensational bike times of 4:42 from Michael Mortison in 8:51 and Morgan Patsy in 8:52. So lots of uh, crikey, lots of sub nines. You had to be uh, top top 13 to be um, top 13 were all sub nine. So, Joe, the question I had was, and what? distance or time should we expect between the fastest female and the fastest male like if you look at the olympics hmm. what's the difference in time between the marathon of the guys and the girls i do not know i think it was about 15 minutes wasn't it that would sound about right to me yeah guys are usually going to be you know mid between I think two, 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 hour, hour, two, two hours between two hours and two hours ten yeah and the girls i would imagine which is swan will probably pull us up on this um but the girls are going to be more sort of around that 220 to 230 mark depending on the conditions and the course profile and stuff so with that being the case what should we expect in an Ironman so if the fastest Ironman run from a girl is Rini she's done a 250 isn't she yeah she's kind of exceptional yeah but we should have an exceptional yeah. male yeah and then the fastest guy now have we seen a 240 I know that people say oh the old Ironman course was different and uh, what did what did Fredino run and wrote the hunger he ran 242 did he so it's say the girls are actually doing better. In the the top girl is mm-hmm. done better in a marathon. The top top one singular girl. Yeah, yeah. Although, what did Chrissy run a marathon in? She wasn't that far behind her. Two fifty two. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could probably argue the boys haven't really conquered that next level that you know the mm-hmm. very top girls have. Mm-hmm. You know, because we would say someone like a Frodo, you you'd think maybe a two thirty five. Yep. Yep, I would agree with that. You know, so if, if, if they were to peak and actually nail the run, mm-hmm. that would probably be equivalent of Rennie doing a 250. Mm. Yep, there we go. So come on, boys, sharpen up. The girls are showing you how it's done. Just bike slower and then run faster. Yeah, exactly. That's all the girls do. Well, that's what Rennie does, <laughs> isn't it? I don't think she bikes slower. She just, just is come. a slower biker. Yeah. Anyway. Oh God, that girl's an impressive runner. Okay, so yes. then we also had uh, the second race was Copenhagen and Jumbo. It sounds like they had a bullet up their bum. They did. It was so a fast race. A couple of sub-8 sub hour performances. So we had our first sub-8 by, um, or another sub-8 by a Pommy. So Will Clark was in second place in 7.59.30. So Joe Skipper was um, is still, I think, the, the UK leader there. But So Patrick Nielsen took it out from Sweden. Uh, swam 47, bike 4.14. I know. And there we go. A couple of impressive run spots here. 2.43.14. Um, by Patrick Nielsen to do eight seven forty nine eighteen. Crikey, that's pretty fast. That is that uh, is smoking, isn't it? Will Clark was second in seven fifty nine, but also ran a two forty three. So he's a former ITU guy, so he's, he maybe f- finally found his feet at long distance racing. I mean, he's he's always been had a few okay results, but but nothing sort of sub eight. And then third was uh, Fabio Cavallo from Brazil in eight oh seven. So a couple of questions, John. Mm. Uh, is Cam losing it? I wouldn't say he's losing it. He's racing. Not losing res- it, but you know. He like won Man New Zealand this year, and he beat Terenzo Bozzoni and he beat uh, Callum Millwood. Um, whilst they're not Kona contenders, they're still 
pretty handy athletes, so I would say he's certainly not speeding up, but I don't think he's slowing down ridiculously, and he set a new course record at Taupo this year. Yes, it was a really fast, fast race, but he still had to beat some some really decent dudes. So okay, it's I'd just say, like since then we haven't. He's kind of had some average results. Yeah, but eight, it's eight seventeen. It's average, but again, he's, he beat Andreas Raylet. Wow, we know he's just <laughs> in the box. Uh, so Andreas Radek there was was eight twenty nine. Uh, Andreas Radek, I wouldn't say he's ticking the box. He swam forty seven and rode four thirteen. Uh, he only ran a three twenty one. So he either exploded or was cruising the run. Well, but he's, he's been still injured, hasn't he? Not it's pissing around on the bike when you're riding four thirteen. That's pretty impressive. So it's, yeah, well, we'll be interested to see if Raylet's how. No, because I remember talking a couple of weeks ago how he's been injured mm. and he just kind of wanted to qualify here. So he maybe took this as a big training day. Yeah, smash some bike, some bike, and then just kind of get through the run because the three twenty one is pretty safe for Raylet. So he is one of these guys who can run pretty fast. So, so that, cool thing about that is he's qualified for Kona, um, and yeah, we'll see what he does this year on start line. So Copenhagen was the one without female no pros. No female pros. Do you want to give any females some love? Just I because did. you did with the males. You don't want to look like a sexist pig. You probably should. Yeah, Just okay. don't do it there. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to do it. Of course you were. Unlike you, apparently last week, I will come into this in a moment. Uh, Catherine Milgard from Denmark took it out in 9.37 from Larky Lilior in 9.42 and uh, to round out the Danish podium Christian uh, Christine Armburg in 9.46 so for those girls over there how many two four six seven seven girls went sub 10 which is pretty impressive age group racing yes that's really good isn't it okay the next race we had was Ironman Mount Tremblant Mont Tremblant Jeez, I never get the right to it um, okay and we had uh, John Rat got in second he did and Chris Chris Lieferman in his Ironman debut. Again, another smoking fast run. Yeah, far out, yeah. 2.45.09 um, for 8.24 overall. Swam 58. So across the board, some pretty slow swim yeah, times here. Not sure if it was wetsuit swimming or uh, wetsuit legal or not. Um, a bike was 4.36 for Chris Lieberman and 2.45 run, 8.24. Took it out from Jordan Rapp who did 8.29.57. I saw Jordan Rapp post on Facebook that he was... Um, had a really good race, was really happy with it, but just got beaten by the better person on the day. Oh, that's good. It yeah. would have been a bit of a bugger for him because the guys obviously smoked past him in the run. Mm. And Stephen Kilshaw was in third place in 8.34. Paul Matthews, so Jordan Rapp was leading, I think, to about halfway on the run. Paul Matthews was right up there off the bike as well, um, and he was in fourth, uh, fifth place. Paul, Paul Matthews was fourth, Paul Ambrose was fifth. Well, it is a very, very slow swim time. You look at Chris McDonald, who's probably normally like a 53 kind of swimmer, mm. and he was a 102, so he's basically 10 minutes slower than what you'd expect him to be, mm. you know, and he's probably, on certain races, probably lower than 53. <coughs> Where one guy, got a Dion Perry Mark, he did 49. That's insane. So you think a swimmer, because he's basically 10 minutes in everyone else, faster than everyone else. Yeah, it's crazy. That is a dojo domination in the swim. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kill side of things, old Mary Beth Ellis. Go, you good thing. Yep. Hopefully, going to catch up with her next week and find out what, what the sort of impact this has and if she's going to Kona or what she's up to. So, she swam one hour, biked 4.59 and ran, and that really set up her race. None of the other girls got within Kui of five hours and then only had to run a 3.18 to take it out in, eight, in 9.26 from Lauren Wozner, uh, six minutes back in 9.32, and then a pretty big gap back to Robin 
Harj in third in 9.51. So it's a pretty tough course at um, Mont Tremblant. Lots, uh, lots of climbing on the bike, lots of up and down. They had uh, the 70.3 worlds there a few years ago. So it's a good, honest test, and it sounded like it uh, rained for a good oh, chunk really? of the day. Just mm. a good, honest race. Good, good stuff. I love that kind of race. Okay, we also had Coeur d'Alene happen. We just had some A-troop racing here. There was no pros. So Kevin Portman took it out in 9.28. Ten-minute victory over Brian Shanning, who had a 20 seconds back to... Oh, man. Bloody hell. What? Check this out. So in second place, I hadn't realised this before, in 9.38 was Brian Shanning. Is this the A-troopers? Yes. And then you look all the way down to sixth place, was also 9.38.44. So 40... Less than 40 seconds <coughs> covering second through to six. Wow, that's pretty cool. <coughs> that's not, that's <coughs> not a super rugby this year. However, I would say that I would imagine this is what make it would really make it suck for some of these guys is I'd imagine it was probably a rolling start and so you wouldn't really know where you're at. Oh, true, yeah. So, God, you'd be gutted. Like, rolling start seems to be a real win. Yes. Overall, people are pretty happy with it. But for the pointy end of the race... Yeah. It, it must be a bit frustrating to not know where you are. You, you know, you, you lose that kind of competition element. Whereas, if these guys are all coming in at the same time, imagine mm. that finish. Mm. That would have been just an awesome spectacle. Absolutely. But kind of the rolling start does rob us of that. So all those guys that were in the top six, well, uh, three of them won their age groups. So there'd be no problems with Kona slots. But the guy who finished fourth overall, Jorg Di Amario Filio, who did eight thirty eight forty. 838 no 938.40 he was only fourth in his age group in the 30 to 34 I think it would still be good for a slot but he'd be pretty close some of those races only have sort of 30 Mm. 30 or 40 slots you'd be pretty gutted if you finished fourth overall at a race and you're fourth in your age group and you didn't get a slot especially when you're only 30 seconds off second Okay, so we also had a random race called... Hold on, bit, bit, don't be a sexist Oh, sorry. Pig. Don't be a sexist I thought it was pig. the male favourite only. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the girls' side of things, uh, you had Morgan Busco take it out in 10.24 from Kalia Patterson in 10.32. 10.47 was Lindsay Ludlow. Well, speaking of sexist pigs, this seems to be the theme for today, John. John, hello, John and Bevan. I enjoy your show very much. It's great. Uh, but this week's show, I was a little sad when you announced the Challenge Regan's Birds results. You announced the first male age grouper, but failed to mention the women's, which we don't normally do the age groupers, do we? Just occasionally, randomly do it if I see some age group has been right up there. Well, Amanda Wilmer, she was the first female age grouper. I'm particularly emotional about this because I am Amanda's housemate. I have to put up months of her on the turbo at six in the morning. That would be a little bit... Bit annoying if you're, mm. you know six in the morning the person jumps on the turbo from their bedroom. Get a garage. Lions have been a not. Would you say get in the garage? Yeah. Yeah, man, no, get in the bloody garage. Yeah. Hey, you know your place. Uh-huh. Get in the garage. Yeah. Uh, lions have been non-existent. Ex- uh, extract text. Oh, <laughs> you're reading out the stuff that I've copied and pasted from. <laughs> okay. uh, Please, from can you mention how flipping awesome she he uh, she was? Her comments, uh, her commitment to the cause, have been unwavering. It's been great to see the journey and how insane her calves have become. A massive thank you. Keep up the good work. So that's Amanda Wilmot was first age group at Challenge Regensburg. Nice work. Okay, so one thing that we kind of are getting close to is what's happening with Kona because we had a lot on, of races. Hold on, hold on. Just read your show notes. 
just just come on you miss the italian man oh i did too so, oh it's because you told me about the gills yeah. um so the italian man was on at the weekend and the reason i wanted to bring this up it looks like a wicked place to go and race around sort of the lake como region in italy uh didn't have massive fields i've got a half and a, and a full there and it was a bit of a challenge for me to find the results i was sitting here for several minutes but i eventually managed to, to come across them somewhere and we had in this race the the 2k226 you had angelo Cavalli, no, Cavalletti from Spartacus Trileco take it out in 10 hours and 25 minutes. That was a dojo domination because second place Simone Fregerio was all the way back in 11 hours and 3 minutes. And then on the girls' side of things, we had Oblak Kala from Slovenia take it out in 12.03. But the reason I want to bring that race up, it looks like a cool place to go and race uh, all around the Lake Como region. Looked wicked, so check it out. Italia, I think it's uh, italianman.it. Okay, this time. So Tri Ratings has got what's happening with the Kona results up to this point in time, and just to see what's actually happening after last weekend's race, because we had kind of a few slots come through. And Andreas Relu, he's going to be safe as, isn't he? Yes. So this is it. The, the cutoff has happened. So these are the people who made this, it through. This, whilst no, this is this is where they sit at the moment, uh, whether or not they'll take their slots. But yeah, as Bevan said, Andreas Rader easily had enough points as it was. He just needed to validate somewhere. Um, Will Clark um, is, is, should be in. Paul Matthews, Bertrand Bilan, Kyle Buckingham. So he was the first age grouper several years ago. Yep. And that was one other thing that Catherine Foe, who was a little British girl who was first age grouper in Kona a few years ago. I saw her name. I know she's racing this weekend. Uh, we'll go into that in a moment. Uh, Kyle Buckingham, Igor Marilio, Jordan Rapp's got enough points. Be interested to see if he wants to go. Harry Wiltshire, um, Fabio Cavallio, and Chris Leverman, who did his first Ironman at the weekend, won it. And so he is going to take the last slot if everybody takes it above there. And crowd favourite, Callum Millwood, is going to be the first to lose out if all those 10 guys take their slot. Now, are we saying the 10, but of the ones, does this include the ones who rejected earlier? Uh, Torsten have, have this right. So this will be the next the next 10 on the list. So anybody who has who's rejected their slots earlier on, they don't get another crack to say, oh, actually, I changed my mind, I want to have it. Mm, but I mean, like, let's say, because the first plot was what? How many were there in the first bunch? Was um, it 40, was it? Must be. Must be 40. Yeah. Yep. So so let's say three people turned it down at that stage. Does that guarantee that... No, it'll go from wherever the last position was in the first round. Okay. Next slot down. Okay. On the girls' side of things, Mary Beth Ellis, Kirsten Moller, um, Salata Castro something or other, um, Bianca Stauer, so no real big surprises here. And the ones that potentially might miss out, um, Michelle Herfbauer, Emma Kate Libri, and Diana Reisler. So, again, Cam, Cam Brown's listed there at 14th, but no. don't think he's going to be going. Chris McDonald's going to maybe just miss out. Uh, Matt Sharabot might just miss out. And Anthony Coates might just miss out as well. So, mm. No one's really missed out who could have been a contender, eh? Don't you know the only one that I think we identified earlier was Andreas Raylert, and he's ticked the box. So no, yeah, no. good times. Well, Kona is coming, team. We're getting pretty close to that time of year. It gets pretty exciting. Okay, so so kind of Ironman keeps buying races, John, and they're putting on some big other races as well. And in China, they're trying to make that move. So Wonder Sports Holding Company announced today the addition of three 
Ironman 70.3 triathlons to take place in China in 2017. Continue the expansion of races offering in China. The new events include Ironman, now how do you say, Latsu? Let's just go with that. Uh, Quiling? Yeah, Quiling, something like that. And uh, Chong Quing? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so one's going to be, first one's in April, second one's in May, third one's in September. The inaugural events in Hefei and Xiamen yeah. next year. China will now have five Ironman 7.3 events taking place throughout the country during the 2017 season. Uh, they're going to have 30 age group slots for for the World Championship. Well, this is the important thing. So this is wow. great. Yeah, they're expanding quickly into China. I'll be fascinated to see um, what uptake there is on this. The Olympic distance in China, they do have a number of races and they do get okay sort of size fields, I think. I've never raced in China myself. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the interesting thing for me is, yeah, so the 70.3s, uh, the new all, ones. The, all the three new ones, you got 30 slots for Kona and we announced a little while ago the other two, I think there was like yeah. 80 slots yeah. or something there. So they're, they're going to town with the um, qualification slots. Now, what I will say is in, in that part of the world, there's not any Ironman, so I kind of think it's kind of fair enough that you have some some qualifying slots going over there. This is quite a lot. <laughs> well, also, it's probably going to draw more of the people within the region, not necessarily China. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a lot of people from Hong Kong, Singapore, those kind of regions there. So I'm not quite sure what will be interesting to see, does this have the effect of building the race within the local in China's local region, you know, as in the people who live close to the race, or that does it just attract people who would probably go to another race somewhere else in Asia mm. to do an Ironman race or a 70.3? Those slots will be gold. Oh, yeah. You know, for fantastic. a lot of people in Hong Kong and Singapore and Taiwan, those mm. areas, they'll be thinking, you know what, it's probably over China because we could probably get an easy slot here. That's what I'd be doing. Mm. Um, so it's, I think it's a, it's a very interesting move. There's a lot of slots going to that, that part of the region now, which is which is great. They have been ignored a lot over there. There's not many Ironman races. You have probably Langkawi, and, and that's been on and off the sort of schedule a bit, and I'm pretty sure there's still Ironman Japan. Um, so there's not a lot of iron distance racing in Asia. Uh, they do have Taiwan now, but that's obviously a growth area that they really want to push pretty hard. So all of a sudden they found more spots on the pier. Well, Can't find the spots. Well, where's extra. it being heard from? Is probably the better question because they always say there's only so many slots, so it's, they've been taken from somewhere. Well, a lot of races are going from have gone from group, thirty yeah. to no, from gone from eighty to fifty to forty, and we're seeing you know, a number of Ironman races now. <coughs> excuse me, with only thirty slots, so I think they're just chip it, chipping away at other races and probably just adding a couple of meters onto the pier. Oh, okay, they, maybe you should invest in the pier. The, we know that the pier has never been the issue. Oh, it is to a degree, but the issue is the overcrowding on the course and how many people can the course actually sustain, and, and they're really very close to tapping that out. You can always find extra space if you want to. Do you think they'd ever do a rolling start at Kona? Yeah. <coughs> uh, I certainly hope they do. Well, I hope that, no, I'd much rather than do wave starts. Age group starts. Yeah, if, they, do that, if they did that, then, uh, then they could easily add in more people into the mm. race. Well, it's probably a certainty, isn't it, in the long term? Uh, don't know. Well, because, you know, that's a golden ticket, and if you can get more people at the race, mm. that's definitely a way of doing it. Okay, well, I mean, so I mean have announced today, this is a new piece of news, that has re- reached an agreement to acquire the highly regarded Cape epic mountain bike race in South Africa. Known as the Untamed African Mountain Bike Race, this eight-day event includes... 
um, a prologue and seven stages and is held in the Western Cape of South Africa in March. The route changes every year and the accumulated distance of approximately 700 k's usually includes 15,000 metres of altitude gain. Over the years, a Cape Epic has grown into the most televised mountain stage, bike stage race in the world. It is a highlight on the professional racing calendar. It attracts amateur riders wanting to challenge themselves in the same environment as the professional riders. The one thing I'm wondering, John, is... <clears throat> at what point in time does Charlie, I mean WTC no longer see it itself as a triathlon company now it, it still is now mm-hmm. and but it's it's becoming more and more just an events company oh yeah I you think it's, it's there already I just I wonder when the name's going to change yeah that's, yeah that's what I mean like you um, know when are the, do they see themselves because obviously right now Iron Man is their biggest kind of money mm-hmm. maker but we've seen in New Zealand, they pretty much own all the big marathons in New Zealand now. Mm-hmm. You know, Cape Epic is another example of this. Yeah. We see them acquiring more and more of these big races outside of triathlon. Mm. Um, and there will become a point where actually that's a bigger bigger business for them. Absolutely. And we've seen that they've taken quite a few cycling events. So it's not just this one. And this is a massive event. If you haven't heard of um, the Cape Epic, it is, it is huge. And it sells out. Uh, it has great coverage. It's got, um, I'm pretty sure it's got big prize money, but they get the creme to the creme. So it's a two-man team race and it is, uh, it is epic. It's not called epic for just, you know, oh, it's pretty hard. It is epic. So they've got this. Um, and New Zealand events are, a small fry but then the other one that they bought those those bike races sort of through through Europe which are massive as well so yeah I think it's um, I think a name change will be imminent mm, be, be, be and then Iron Man will just be one of, be one of their brands it'll still be their their bread and butter but it'll be one of the brands but yeah yeah interesting times I wonder if you uh, like it'd be really interesting to sit down and go okay what makes more money an Iron Man race a marathon you know, like absolutely, you think a marathon, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, you'd think no, so, wouldn't you? There's only so much margin in an Ironman because you can only ever have yeah. you know, two or three thousand people racing, and and there's more and more of the races are not selling out now. So, uh, absolutely, a, a mass participation running race would be the cheapest, and then bike race would be your next most expensive. Mm, the interesting. So, so, so they're expanding, and and probably a different way. We thought, you know, a few years ago, we were having the discussion of. How does WC grow moving forward? Mm. And at that time, we, we didn't really discuss moving outside of triathlon, but it seems to be that's how they're doing it, isn't it? Mm. You know. So okay, uh, coming up this weekend, Jombo. Yeah, we've got a few non-WTC races. We've got the Lago Cabrera de Piste in Fortaleza in Brazil, and then the Knapper Man in Germany, and the Ocean Lava Race in Ukraine. Ooh. The ocean lava. Yeah. yeah good. And uh, we also have Ironman Vici coming up in France, which just used to be a challenge race. And in terms of the pros racing there, haven't really got any big hitters. Um, most people are going to be getting ready for Kona. It's a big start list for the, for the pro guys. You've got 63, no, you've got 30, 38 guys and about sort of 15 girls but no real sort of big hitters from Kona. And this is where I saw um, one of the females, Catherine Foe from Great Britain. She won Kona age group overall a few years ago. She is down on that start list. So it's always interesting to see the path of these Kona age group champions and whether they uh, are able to step up to the next level. And a lot of them do step up and become Ironman winners, but I'd to, be to interested to know level, yeah. if any of them would be able to step up and to be like a top 10 kind of athlete. And I can't recall any off the top of my head. I know some of the athletes 
like say Rachel Joyce, they were age groupers early on, but they never kind of got to being a top Kona age grouper and then become a top Kona elite. Do you know Joyce's, like you're saying she was an age grouper early on, mm. but do you know her history, was she a really good age grouper or was she someone who actually just came into a sport and picked it up? And, and she was pretty good, I think, picked it up straight away. Wow. Mm. Okay, this week's discussion. Oh no, we've got a, we've got a couple of things. We've got a couple two weeks to the seventy point three worlds. It's going to be pretty exciting times. It is. It's a pretty solid start list. Had a quick little um, gander yesterday. We'll probably go into that in a bit more detail next week. And then also, Giant, if you want to get the PZ four TX, it's a big name, isn't it? It is the swimsuit. We've got two days left on our auction. If you go to www.imtalk.me, the link is there. There are a few bids on it already, but even then, you're still going to get a pretty cheap rate for that there. So if you are looking to get a new PZ4TX swimsuit from Blue70. Just go to www.imtalk.me. Okay, John, sponsor. My poor old wife, Bevan. Oh, your poor old been wife. As, was sick as a dog last oh, week. Oh, Jeff for the ref is as well, and he's got his bloody his world's coming up in two weeks. Oh. Yeah. No, I haven't seen her that sick. I don't think I've seen her that sick before. She was in bed for four days, oh, basically. That's horrible. And she managed to. If she got up, she managed to get up and managed to go to the couch. Oh, to, oh really? <coughs> what so, was it? What kind of sickness was it? Um, just sort of fluey sort of stuff and then a lot of toilet visits. Uh, and okay. so she didn't eat for about four days. And so she's... Uh, probably when you're not eating and then stuff's coming out still. And then she did have something and then it came out again. So mm. so she's in the rebuild phase because she's got the... Uh, <clears throat> she's got the New York Epic coming up next week, which is her and um, the Philinator's wife are going over there. And she needs but it's to be a different in, kind of epic, isn't it? Yeah, she needs to be in top shopping performance. Yep. Well, no, actually, no, they're not doing much shopping. They are going to town on everything. They're going to New York Yankees. They're going to the US Tennis Open. Oh, oh they're going to the um, Open, are they? They're going to uh, do the shows. All, all the, a couple of shows, and then they've got shit every day going on. <clears throat> but she's been sick as a dog, and now she's got to try to rebuild. And because there was a lot of stuff coming out, <clears throat> and she wasn't too too well on that. She's obviously you know feeling pretty down, but she's pumping the immune boost in because yeah. she wants to basically get herself all back up into shape she's and, and get in peak condition. You've got to get back in peak condition, and it's one. And in all seriousness, whilst I'm taking the piss, she you know when you lose that amount of fluids and, and you can't eat anything and wait, um, you do want to try to boost yourself up. So she's had, obviously hitting all the, the smoothies, getting all the whole foods and stuff into her, but also taking immune boost uh, to try to sort of replenish all those uh, multi, not multi vitamins, macronutrients and so on that she's lost. So guys, if you're on the, the rebound from any sickness, check out Immune Boost um, from xendurance.com. And remember, if you're getting any products from them, use the promo code IAMTALK10 and you can get yourself a nice little discount. Have you ever been to a tennis? Have you ever done like a Wimbledon or a... No, no. I'm very, quite envious of her yeah, going there. Yeah, I'd love to go. Like, I'd even just like to go to the Aussie Open. Yes, they're going to a night session, so it should be pretty wicked. There's a lot of entertainment, I believe. Oh, wow. How cool is that? How long mm. are they away for? Uh, about, away for about nearly two weeks. You've given $50 each a day? Yep. yep. I actually dished out a little bit of cash to her last night. So <laughs> Lucky here. It was about, it was about 200 so That should last for two weeks. <laughs> yep, yep, that's your food budget. Yeah. <laughs> so, going, so where are they going? Just New York. Oh, so how long are they there for? Ten days. They're there for nine days, so way for probably no, New York's twelve. Have you been New York? No. Oh, really? I didn't get invited. Well, obviously you know your place, mm. but hey, they've got two hundred dollars, so I'm sure they'll rip up a storm. Well, New York's awesome. I, I love New York. Okay, so guys, it is that time of the season for those in the southern hemisphere yet, but those in the northern hemisphere, you're starting to head towards that colder time of the year. So, you know. 
get some immune boost and you'll be safe as houses. So dub 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 extreme endurance or xendurance.com. Okay, guys, uh, last week we had a discussion. We had the Olympics coming up and it was a very exciting time. We were immersed in the Olympics last week. And coming up on the weekend, we had two big races, which were the male and female Olympic race. And we wanted to know, could anyone pick it? And it turns out nobody could. No. So, nobody could. Um, hold on. Uh, so a few people managed to, or a few people picked um, Spirig, which is uh, all good. But no, nobody really, not many people picked her for the win. Let's just have a quick look here. Okay, well, Jeff, Jeff Curry's got men, Brownlee, Brownlee, Muller. Stanford, Jorgensen, and then Holland. I went for um, Elsa Brownlee, Vincent Louis, Jonathan Brownlee. On the girls' side of things, I went Jorgensen, Holland, and Duffy. So I got two out of three there. Holland was uh, was in third, and I got two out of three on the boys. Okay. And I should have got three out of three because Vincent Louis cocked it up. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brownlee's from uh, Pedro, and he's got Brownlee's, and then Lewis. Uh, then uh, we have girls here, Jorgensen, Hollander, and Duffy. Uh, Aaron Anton Smear and Jorgensen Jenkins Duffy and then Mola Brownlee Brownlee. Oh, he picked, he picked the opposite. Rebecca G- Davison had uh, Davis had Mola Brownlee Brownlee, also Jorgensen Duffy Hewitt. Uh, Zania Morrison, and like a lot of people, picked uh, Mola, Vincent Louis, and Johnny Brownlee. And the girls, she had uh, Duffy Hewitt and Jorgensen in a sprint finish between second and third. Okay, good old. Now, Jombo. I have to take a side note here. I went to the dentist yesterday. Yeah. When I saw the grinder. Grinder? Yeah. Did you grind anything out of here? Well, I do have to go back for a filling. Oh. But it's an old filling that basically needs a bit of updating. So it's sure not. Sure it is. Yeah, no. But she did say, you never listen. Uh-huh. Because last year, when I went to see Christine the grinder McKinley at the dentist, she said, make sure you tell John to floss his Floss's, teeth. Yeah. Have you been flossing your teeth? All the time. No, you haven't, John. Yeah. She told me. So look, sharpen up. But if I come back next year, there's a fine. Yeah. Okay? There's a fine. It's a $200 New York fund. There we okay. go. So, but she said Brownlee, Brownlee, Murray. And then she said uh, Jenkins, Jorgensen, Hewitt. Uh, Colin Fraser went Brownlee, Brownlee, Murray. And Jorgensen, Jenkins, Stanf- um, Stanford. Good old Andrew Brunt had Brownlee, Brownlee, Moller, Jorgensen, Hewitt, Stanford. Okay, we'll do one more each, shall we? Uh, Johnny Wignall went Brownlee, Moller, Vincent Louis, and Jorgensen, Jenkins, Hewitt. And I've got David Levy. He's got uh, Moller, Lewis. Oh, he went for no Brownlee. How do you say? Alaza? Oh, yeah. Spanish yep. dude. And then we've got Jenkins, Duffy, and Zephyrus. Zephyrus, yeah. Okay, so he kind of went He went kind of out there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jombo. What were your picks? I would have picked going into it. I wouldn't have had a clue. I would have gone Jorgensen. I would have hoped for Andrea. I would have said the Brownleys, and I probably said a Mola, mm. or hoped for a Mola. Um, but the Gills, I wouldn't have got the third. I'm not that up to date, to be honest. So pretty interesting stuff there, John. No one got it, and we're going to talk about this in a second. But before we do, let's talk about this week's discussion. Yes, yeah, so it's getting ready for, for Kona. Um, now we're sort of probably about five where are we now we're coming up to start a stream it's probably about six weeks out from Kona what I want to do is I really want to start making sure that we get the people on the show while we're over there that you want to hear from so this week is your opportunity to say who you want to hear don't say Fredino because we'll try (laughs) Uh, and don't say Reef because we'll try on that they're the two biggest rock stars we'll get them we'll record like we always do we'll record the media interview Mm. Um, and we're certainly trying to, to get them on, but um, outside we've been of that, to get those for months. Yeah, <laughs> who, who do you want to who do you want to hear from? And please also, um, age groupers, coaches, 
um, things like that as well. So not just the pros you want to hear from. You know, we've had lots of people on in the past, but um, if there's anybody you really want us to go and try and nab, we will do that. And if you happen to have their contact details, uh, get in touch with us as well. But no, we want to, again, as per usual, really want to make sure we get a nice breadth of athletes. We want to try to get some up and coming pros, the established pros, um, but also some good age group stories as, as well as, um, and we'll try to get coaches and what have you as well. So it's going to be good times. So who do you want to hear from at Kona? Okay, so let us know and we'll do our best to make it happen. Okay, John, bro, let's put some music on because you want the, you want the ceremony music? Yes. Yes, here we go. Olympic special. Very good. I kind of threw that. Bevan, on there, did you get up in the middle of the night and watch it? Okay, so what happened was, was it what, what night was it on? Uh, it was Friday early morning. Friday early morning Sunday. So I, what one, happened 1:20 was one twenty in the eight morning for us. We, we, my band's recording this Friday, so it's a pretty important day. So we had band practice on Thursday night, and we mm. we practiced about eleven thirty. And I got home. I thought I'll, I'll sit on the couch. Yeah. And I'll set the alarm to go yeah. off at. Um, one thirty because yeah. I was committed to watching it live. Now I'm pretty sure Porno got up and watched it live. So, yeah. so um, and he flicked me a text, and I was going to text him throughout. And when I got home, because I I don't have Sky, but I managed to borrow someone on a Sky account, mm-hmm. and they had the Sky app, and the Sky app was really great, except for the commentary was a bit, a bit hopeless. But oh, yeah. yeah, the commentary in a lot of the, a lot of times didn't work. Yes, yes yeah, so yeah. So it was a little bit frustrating. But but hey, I wasn't playing, so I'm not going to ring Sky and complain. So um, and then when I got home, I was sitting up the couch because I didn't want to wake Joe up, so I was kind of thought I'll sleep on mm-hmm. the couch, and and I realised that they had the thing that you can go back and watch it after. So you, you didn't have to have my sky on the app. They had the ability to do that. Oh. Yeah. So on the app, you could go back. I thought, well, in that case, <laughs> I'm going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I did is I actually woke up at four in the morning and watched it because I didn't want to know the results. Mm. And so I got up at four in the morning and watched the replay. It was good because the replay had the commentary as well. So yeah. I watched it. I didn't actually watch it at the time, but I got up mm. pretty early and watched And I watched the whole two hours of Very the good. male race, the female race. I did fast forward a little bit in, yep. in the cycle. So... So for those guys, we're not going to try to tell you guys to suck eggs that, that actually saw the coverage and give a complete recap um, because... Uh, what do you think of the coverage? Uh, it was not as good as an ITU race um, and, and they just didn't have as many motos, didn't have as many fixed cameras. So yeah, it was very much leader dominated. Well, uh, and, and the females race, it was really obvious that when Spirig was getting dropped by Jorgensen and they cut away back to the two other girls. Yeah, that was pretty poor. <laughs> and it was so obvious. There was like, oh, she's going here. And then they cut back and I'm thinking, whoa. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, she must be holding on because they would surely go back to the, the breakaway if that was happening. Yeah. And they stayed with the two Pommy girls. That was pretty frustrating. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> how about that for terrible timing? Yeah. Let's go, let's go through the boys first. Um, in terms of the swim, it was... Uh, yeah, uh, there was some tiny gaps. What are you doing, Bevan? I'm oh, sorry, I'm just easily distracted. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there's the tiniest gaps coming out of the swim, and so I thought when they come out of that swim, something's going to split up here, and it didn't take long to happen. So that's the thing. If you have the smallest little gap coming out of the swim, especially when you've got brownies like that, it is all over Rover. And it really was, Co- wasn't it? A couple of seconds. Like after the swim, yeah. was, you knew who, it was game over. It was, and that was kind of what I thought was going to happen was that Mola and Murray were probably going to miss out and those boys were going to go away and it was a bit like London, a little bit like the the test event, get a decent pack going and they just start humming. It would be fascinating to see what would happen 
if the Brownies weren't there. And we, I, I don't think that that group would have stayed away. They would have got caught up. But when you got two guys That's absolutely driving it, um, you're right, that was always going to stay away. If they weren't there, would have, I think it would have been a totally different story. And the way that the second group did end up riding, I think they probably would have ridden up to them when you didn't have those two beasts on the front. So Because it was really hard to see what was happening in the second group. Do you think they were actually working well? That, yeah, again, it was hard to see. They, they didn't really lose that much time for a lot of them you know so what seemed to happen for, as far as what I could see you got the slightly weaker guys uh, who came out of the swim like Richard Murray and what have you um, bringing people up and once that gap solidified at that minute it didn't really because the minute kind of spread out early on didn't it and yeah. then it kind of just sat around it didn't and it? it hovered sort of 10 to 20 seconds within within that sort of minute to a minute 20 so they weren't losing oodles of time so they obviously given the first group were basically smacking it pretty consistently mm. that second group must have been working reasonably well but i would note every time that they did actually go back it was mario moller that was on the front from early in the early early parts probably going holy crap we're in, this trouble. Is, we're in trouble here yeah. and so he looked like he was doing a lot of work and richard murray obviously had to do a lot of work to, to it's a funny to situation isn't it group. because once you're in that second pack motivation to push hard you know it's really the pe person dependent isn't it whereas mm. you're in the front pack you know you're in the front so everyone's kind of willing to do the yards yeah so when we look at the, the bike times you know you say you look at a Richard Murray he rode 55-35 versus um, the Brownie boys rode 55 flat more or less so he was only 35 seconds slower than them he did have to come back from being you know a bit further back in the swim he was a minute down in the swim uh, so he really didn't lose any time to them um, whereas you got some of the guys like say uh, Ryan Sissons and um, who's a New Zealand guy who had a pretty reasonable swim you know he he lost a minute 20 so he rode 50 620 as opposed to the Brownlee's 55 flats so yeah it was kind of all over Rover um, for the for the medals after the swim and after the early stages of the bike um, but it was going to be really interesting to see who got the silver and bronze you know you kind of thought that one of the Brownlee's is going to win probably Alistair second place probably Johnny Brownlee but I'd pick uh, Vincent Louis to, to finish in second place you uh, thought it you thought yeah, in my in my pre-race picks. Oh, okay. Because but he was there. He was a good swimmer, and I thought game on because uh, he he's been off the scene quite a bit this season, and apparently he was off doing some run training. And, and Arnold Sulikov said he got second at the French cross country That's champs. Right, yeah. So I thought maybe he's been off and really tried to sharpen that run up. And he was he was always right there or thereabouts anyway. You know, he's not far off the Brownleys, and I think he got second at the test event. So I thought Vincent Louis, this is game on. He could have an exceptional run and potentially even challenged you know for the win as it turned out he bombed out um he, he kept up for a little bit early on in the run and then it was kind of all over so he was my disappointing uh disappointing it's a bit of an event the run really well no that's not true uh, first and second was interesting mm. until alistair decided he wanted to win it but and i have to admit i kind of wanted johnny to win it so did i yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i have to yeah. admit you know like, little brother take out yeah, big brother yeah and, and alistair's you know, God, this guy's a legend, but I don't know, I just thought it would be nice, mm. you know, and, and the commentator was saying that Alistair had said, oh, you know, he kind of did a bit of smack talk on his brother, mm. and I don't know, I don't think, I don't know if it's needed, mm. you know, like, mm. I was, you know, but then champions are like that sometimes, so, but, uh, but yeah, I, I was, deep down, I was kind of hoping that, you know, mm. Alistair would actually maybe get dropped by Jonathan, but, mm. you know, I actually thought early on, I thought he might do, I thought, because they were running together, 
but then when he put the the, the burners on, it was it was game over. He's just a rock star, isn't he? He's just he is. a legend. So out of that front group, you know, there were for me a few guys that didn't didn't perform as well as I thought they might have. Um, so Vincent Louis, um, he he dropped right back. He was sitting in that third place for quite a while. And Aaron Royal, the Australian, you know, he really got himself in a great position, and he's run well from those positions before. Um, and he dropped back to, to ninth place. Still had an okay run split. But uh, I think he would have, you know, he was a contender for that, a really strong contender for that bronze medal. So the big surprise of the day, though, was um, Henry Schumann. Mm. He's never been on the podium before at a, at a World Champs Series race. He's been a pretty consistent performer. It's not like he's come from nowhere. But still, this is pretty phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and it's kind of almost Brownlee-esque in, in a way, because if, if we think back to... Um, Beijing, I remember watching that coverage and uh, and Brownlee was in there and I think he might have been leading early in the run and I'm thinking, who is this schmuck I've never heard of before who looks like he's about 12 and <laughs> he did, he's he? leading the Olympics he yeah. and he ended up fading and I can't remember what place he, he got but I remember directly after the Olympics he went off and did a world... Um, World Cup race and Chris Gemmell just beat him in a sprint, pretty much in a sprint finish and I thought bloody hell that dude was at the Olympics and now he's just beating Gemmell and Gemmell was on great form and I thought oh he might be pretty good and then the next year boom he was away and he was he's Is Schumann a young guy? Schumann's a young guy, he's been around for quite a while, always makes the front pack, he's a great great swimmer um, and he's he's had some great results but just not quite on the podium uh, so he's a young guy and... So you think he's got potential? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so. the thing about his run was, he kind of he was by himself pretty much the whole run, really. What you know after mm. his first block, and you could kind of think, oh, he's going to get taken. I, I just because I assumed the fast runners would come through, but he just held a good like he was you know held a great pace, didn't he? And he has had some reasonable runs before, but he's often faded in the second half. Oh, okay. is kind of what you expected. So. Imagine that for scary running, eh? You're in yeah. third place at the Olympics. You know you're not going to get second or third or yes. first, and you know you're having the run of your life, but at the same time. You know, wow. And you're being run down by your countrymen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if we have a quick look at his results, you know, so he had a, um, a sixth in Hamburg, and oh, that was in the, in the team relay. Um, he didn't have a very good race in the individual, but he had a, a sixth, uh, an eighth in Stockholm, a seventh in Yokohama. So he's a good top 10, good top 10 yeah. guy. Um, year of birth, 19... 91 so not 25 cra crazy not crazy young but yep. still on on the young side of things so he could be good on him but hey but oh, you absolutely you know like it's it's pretty cool and uh, and you know in your notes here you got he did kind of sit in a little bit on the bike i don't think he was sit sitting in he wasn't taking his turns at the front but i don't think he was sitting in being a lazy smack i yeah. just think some of those dudes were not taking his turns because they just literally were hanging on by a thread. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, there is that whole, I'm being lazy and saving myself, and it's always frustrating when you're riding with someone who does that, because yes. there is a responsibility. But then if I'm in a group, and I've got Alistair Brownlee in there, and he's a rock star, and I'm dying to stay in the group, well, mm. then I'm doing all I can. Exactly. So, yeah, but he, he was, out of all of them, he was probably sitting on the back the, the most and not taking his turns. So. But then at the same time, is that wise? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. It's more of an observation rather than a, it's not a criticism. Yeah, because is it, is it your responsibility? To, you know, now, if the other pack pulls up and, and you, you haven't pulled your weight, well, then you can look at yourself and go, it's mm. my mistake. But if you get away with it and mm. he saves, you know, and obviously he saved himself for the run because you're saying he normally fades at the run. So mm. that little bit of saving himself was obviously a wise move. And someone, you had a group of 10 there, 
and someone had to step up and take that third place and mm. so he did it and and that's what what ended up happening was he was the the third one out of that group and the rest of them or pretty most of the rest of them got uh, gobbled up on the the run so you had richard murray had the fastest run split of the day at 30 34 versus alistair brownlee's 3109 now brownlee we know in the last couple hundred meters yeah. probably lost a good sort of 30 seconds yeah, or so, really there. so yeah, those boys over. basically ran the same as as brownlee and yaho um Pinaria from Portugal. It was a pretty big uh, performance by him. He ran 30 38 as well to take uh, those guys took fourth and fifth. And uh, Mario Mola, who was Mini's race favourite, he ended up running you know, more or less the same time as Johnny Brownlee, and he was down in, in eighth, and, and Aaron Royal ninth, and Ryan Bailey in tenth. So, yeah, it was, um, you know probably kind of the top 10 you'd a lot of those guys who you'd, you'd think um richard varga did really well finishing 11th place um probably the, the spanish were the, a little bit disappointing elaza was a bit disappointing down there in 18th place he's been right up there so yeah i think the one who's going to be sitting at home going shit is uh well how do you think Gomes. he would have gone he would have got second or third yeah yeah i don't think he would have beaten brownie but he would have got second or third brownie's been, been a bit group. of a tease really hasn't he because this year Last kind of 18 months, he's been injured like a mofo, mm. you know, and, and we were thinking, oh, you know, is he even going to have to make it? Yeah. Turns up, dominates. Exactly. <laughs> Just, what an athlete, eh? Yeah. No, very, very impressive. And uh, the thing you've got to love about Brownlee is he just takes, no, you know, he's just aggressive. Mm. You know, he's going he's to race this race as hard as he can. Mm -hmm. And just, man, he's an athlete. It was interesting. I was listening to my, one of my favorite podcasts, um, Fighting Talk. I think it was Fighting Talk, listening to it on. Oh, I can't remember what I was listening to. But anyway, they're just saying that the the coverage of the Brownleys in the UK was mm. as big as a soccer game. Mm. They're like they're saying that those two that race was as one of the biggest coverage that you saw mm. in the UK. So that, that's pretty massive for triathlon, isn't it? It's massive when you get a one-two, but when they're brothers, it just makes for another an extra element to the story. So. And Brownlee's now the first athlete to win two gold medals mm. at the Olympics. So mm. that you know, Rocky was already a historic figure anyway, but that really sets him apart from anybody else to this point in time. It's really interesting to see what he does now. Yeah, he, I know. I just don't think he's going to be that good at Ironman. Uh, because it, he's it, too aggressive? Yeah, and, he, and he's a bit injury prone. I think, it, it, yeah. Obviously, if he, if he was able to hold it together, he would just tear it to pieces. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know where he's going to go. How old is he? Uh, I think he's, he's not that old. So you, Tokyo's still? Yeah, yeah, he can make Tokyo. Yeah, if his body held together. Things move on. Yeah, four years is a long time. And, um, yeah, there's going to be some rock stars coming through. Well, it's interesting. So he's 88, so he's 28. So um, so it's interesting when we think about this Olympics, because this Olympics was definitely, there's, it was almost a closure for a lot of athletes, you know, mm -hmm. like a Phelps, like a Bolt, like a, maybe Farrow, maybe, or do you think Farrow would do Tokyo? He'd be up for a marathon probably at Tokyo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like when we look at, you know, some of the real rock stars of the last period of the Olympics, mm this is definitely the ending of and so it'll be interesting mm. to see who the new rock stars of the next Olympics are but yeah like 28 he could definitely still turn up at the next Olympics couldn't he mm. you know Absolutely. I'd love him to move over but mm. I think it'd be a really cool time because if, if he moves over now he, cause he's got another six seven years at Ironman mm. and uh but as you say does is a bit injury prone mm. but then maybe if he lost a bit of intensity mm. that would be less of a factor because mm. so but overall man's race happy with it yeah, it was good. I mean, I would have liked, loved to have seen, so, you know, get those boys a bit more of a challenge. And it wasn't much of a race, was it? That was the problem. No. Yeah. It, was, it was impressive, but it wasn't much of a race. Yeah. Okay, girls race. Girls side of things was, um, yeah, 
some bizarre things going on, as pretty much all of you will have seen on the run. But there's a swim. I think the the only interesting major interest for me was just seeing Andrea on the start line, Andrea Hewitt, and wasn't wearing goggles. I, I didn't used to wear goggles when I used to race. Uh, Even sea swims? No. Um, so that was just an interesting tactic. But she's she's an ex surf life Why surf would life you do swimmer. That? Um, then you don't have to worry about your goggles getting filled up or glare from the glare from the the sun, and you just keep your eyes closed, you open them up. So in a lot of surf racing, they don't wear goggles. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, but uh, she's obviously used to that. So, so what's the technique? Goggles. So uh, saying you keep your eyes closed. You keep your eyes closed when they're down, and just when you lift your head up, you kind of just open them up quickly and um, and, and see where you're at. But she had a great swim. Yeah, she, she did, was, she was she? right up there. Yeah. So no, no great surprises coming out of the swim. Um, no, no, there was actually. That's all right. Uh, Spirit had an amazing swim. She's quite a long way down, and the big question also was going to be how well was Jorgensen swim. She swims pretty consistently front pack now, but there was that chance that she could potentially get dropped off. So as soon as you saw Jorgensen pretty close, you thought, "Oh, that's that's danger time." And then when you saw Spirit right up there, it was like, "Oh, yeah, she could she could have been out. She could have been out of it in the swim and had to chase pretty pretty hard." Uh, so those two had amazing swims. Um, and early in the bike, probably the, the biggest surprise for me was uh, Helen Jenkins wasn't there. You know, she was a, a pretty serious contender for a medal, and she's won races this season by getting away and breaking away. So out of, pretty much all the girls were there except for Helen Jenkins. What happened? I don't know what happened to her. Maybe she just had an off day. She should have been. She's handled the pressure before, so maybe she was just a, a little bit off. Um, but it was, I, I thought, and if you'd had a Brownlee in that group or someone like that, Jorgensen within it was in, looked like she was in with a whisker of getting dropped early in the ride. There was a gap there that was about sort of four or five metres, and I thought, if someone slams it now, she is gone. Yeah. And they didn't. Maybe they didn't know, but um, that was their opportunity, and that, that got closed. And, and, once then the, and then the cycle was just pretty... They were hammering it. But it was kind of just a pack ride, wasn't it? it uh, they were all on the rivet, I think. They yeah. just looked like they were drilling it on that climb every time. And then Spurig was on the front just laying down the smack. So when we talk about Brownlee potentially coming over and you're going, wonder what he would be like. If Spurig comes over, she is just going to crush it. She's so strong on the bike. How old Spurig then? Um, probably pretty similar, I would have thought. Okay. There you go. Bevan's, Bevan's doing his yep, research. Yep. Uh, so... Impressive riding. A lot of people, I think, are sitting back going, well, if she hadn't ridden, ridden that hard, then uh, then what, what would she have had a bit more juice for the run? But her riding that hard did make it difficult for everybody else and probably took the sting out of their legs, so they didn't really have a chance to, to have a break on the bike. Um, what if she, but she would have never matched Jorgensen in the run. No. So even no. so, it was a good strategy from her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think it was good. Um, it was just two, a bit, so she's 30, no, she's 34, right? So yeah. yes, you could definitely move over now. So I th the funny thing on the bike was they kind of could have isolate, tried to isolate Jorgensen a little bit more. They, they got her onto the front a couple of times, but you kind of know you're all racing for second place. And a few times Spurig got a teensy little bit of a break, as you guys saw, and then someone would try to close it down a bit. And, and it's like maybe you should have let her go, Spurig go a little bit more, 
let her get a couple of handy and then try to attack across and force Jorgensen to, to, to chase it down. Mm. Um, so it was a little bit surprising on that regard. Maybe they were just all on the rivet and they could, they simply couldn't do it. Uh, so it was, it was interesting that Duffy didn't really try much because we know how strong she is on the bike and if a couple of them had let as I said, let Spirit get off the front a little bit and then try to attack across to her. Mm. Then you could have isolated Jorgensen because, um, yeah, the reality was nobody was ever going to outrun her unless she was having a really off day. But the problem in that situation is you don't want to be the mug who does it, do you? Mm. You're hoping someone else does it mm-hmm. and you can take the advantage of their work, but you don't want to be the person who makes the first move because often the first move kind of gets mm. screwed. And uh, it's one of those kind of hard situations isn't it like mm. oh what could i do but if what you, do if, i do if you let spirit go going well, there's another medal up the road yeah. because jorgens is going to outrun all of us and then if spirit gets even a little bit of a lead she's probably going to outrun us so i, I you kind of saw where they were coming from yeah rocking a hard place eh? mm. so then they got off the bike and it became a two-horse race it did and so it was very impressive running by spirit it I really mean, was wasn't it yeah because i i don't watch much itu but you know i, I just know because you talk about it every week how amazing jorgensen is on the run mm. and so i was expecting to see you later mm. and she just spirit just sat with it this gives her both shoulders aren't they mm. <laughs> mm. Hey, but you know they just she just sat on her and you know obviously jorgensen at, at, at the right time took away but mm. i was expecting it to happen a lot earlier yeah it was interesting i i thought that uh jorgensen's just just cruising I, I thought she's got this under control spirit's going to stay with her for as, as long as she can and then she's going to pull away but the interesting thing for me was when I've never seen anything like that swerving across the road and, and Spurig trying to tell Jorgensen she had to go to the front. And I'm like, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was bizarre. I've never seen anything like it. You've seen stuff like that maybe in the last K or so, yeah. but not in the middle of the run. It was it was crazy. And I was thought Jorgensen did exactly the right thing. And I saw a little interview with her and she said that um, Spurig said, uh, I've got a medal. And, and Jorgensen said back, well, I don't care. <laughs> so uh, Jorgensen obviously had it pretty well under control. And when she let out that burst, the, the one time of doubt I had is when that, that zigzagging was going on and then Jorgensen did put on a bit of a surge. She didn't she drop it straight on, yeah, away. Yeah. I thought, oh, maybe she's not got this under control. Yeah. But then when she put on that burst, far out Brussels sprout. It was that like was, get within seconds, eh? That was gigantic. Gigantic. I'd love to know what pace she was running at that stage. So very, very, very impressive. But at the same time, very, very impressive from Spirit. She put a, obviously put in a, an amazing run. And we'd seen in the stats, we'd seen um, prior to that when she'd run like a 9.07 or something for 3K, that she was clearly in great run shape. But uh, she delivered a very impressive bike ride. Very impressive swim to start with for her. Um, great aggressive bike ride and, uh, and a fantastic run. So the girls' splits were 19-20. Um, in the swim for Jorgensen, ironically Spirit at exactly the same time, uh, and then 101.21 on the bike, and then Jorgensen ran 34.09 to 34.50 for um, Nicholas Spirig. Vicky Holland, as you guys saw, just had that little sprint finish over her roommate Non Stanford. Well, tell you what, talk about identical twins. Mm. Hey, when they're running next to each other, it was like, mm. <laughs> they're like sisters from another mother. So, mm. um... It was, it was a nice race for third as well. Mm. It was a really good race, wasn't yep. it? that no, was good. And you had Barbara Riveros. Uh, she, again, she's she's one that had an amazing swim. She's often a bit off the pace in the swim. Uh, she's a great rider and, and a fantastic runner, but she she performed exceptionally well. And also Emma Moffat had a, had a, I thought it was a fantastic race for herself. Andrew Hewitt was was steady Eddie. You know that was. It's another run, did you? That was. 
a really good performance by her, but she needed everything to go right and have a bit of luck on the day to be amongst the medals. And, and that was the same for, for a lot of the girls. They just needed a little bit of luck, have that day where everything goes right, and then you're, then you're in, the, in the hunt for that sort of uh, third place. So Andrea had a good race, but not, a, not, a, not an amazing race. And Flora Duffy was probably the one that you kind of thought would do a bit more on the, on the bike. Um, Anyone disappointing? Um, Helen Jenkins. Helen Jenkins, and then also the look looked like um, we had the the DNF of uh, Sarah True, but she obviously had some issues going on because she got dropped on the bike and then and then had some issues. So that would be those that would be the the main two. Um, but again, like the guys, you know, we didn't see in really anything of the second pack, but Helen Jenkins was the only one in there who who bombed out, and probably Katie Zaveras there in eighteenth place would be pretty disappointed with that as well. Um, she was uh, again one of those sort of potentials for uh, for. for sort of third place if she had a fired up overall thoughts on the olympics triathlon uh it was it was great i uh, just a couple of other things on on spirig you know a lot of people didn't pick her and i don't think i talked her up much pre-race either and you see brett sutton coming out and saying you know she's she's the most underrated triathlete out there but the thing is she doesn't race that much oh is she not um in terms of you know she's got other she's a, she's a mother now um but to get that sort of aura of greatness, she needs to be racing regularly. So, mm. I mean, she is amazing. When you, she's won the Olympic gold medal, yeah. and she's got a silver medal. And when I pull up her stats on um, on ITU, you know, she's got lots of um, wins, po- podiums and stuff there, and, and wins, but not that much racing really, you know. And like when you think about a Brownlee who's out there all the time, when you think about a Jorgensen who's out there all the time. Yes, she's going to go down as a great, one of the greatest athletes. But unless she races a bit more and is consistently the great athlete, I don't think she'll go down as the greatest or, or anything like that. It's a bit of a bummer, really, but isn't it? Because she's obviously yeah. a high pedigree. So if I look at her ITU career, you know, she got second at the Olympics. Uh, obviously, she had, a, she had a bike crash this season, but she did Stockholm, finished fifth there. Um, she did a European Cup and won won a couple of those. Um, the European Championships and the relay. She, I mean, she won the European Championships, but then last year she was third in uh, Cape Town. Um, she won a World Cup race, a couple of World Cup races in 2014. So, you know, she, she's, yeah, has, hasn't got a lot of results there. Hmm. Um, any other thoughts on the Olympics triathlon? Uh, I guess the main thing will be whether we see mixed relay come into the next uh, next games, which would be. I do fantastic. wonder how how much of an advertisement for triathlon was it for people who don't love the sport. Mm-hmm. Like we loved it because we just love triathlon, but for those who just switched on to watch triathlon, how interesting they would have they found it? Sprint distance would be better. Probably would have got pretty similar. Probably would have got pretty similar results. But then you get more action on the run, and it's a lot closer. It's a lot closer when you do a sprint distance race in terms of you know you have a lineup of guys yeah, coming so into that exciting. sprint finish. So it's more exciting if we did a sprint finish. Um, this is classic. It's an endurance event. It uh, does I think finds for the best athletes. Um, but uh, yeah, for from a TV spectacle, I think a sprint would be better. What's what's your Olympic highlights? Or, or you kind of are we doing thing? triathlon? Or are we doing anything? no overall overall? Um, well, you know, just your, your thoughts on the Olympics. Oh, it was great. Um, it was uh, probably the most Olympics I've watched. I think time zones helped. Technology helped for us in New Zealand. I've seen that people commenting on Facebook that their coverage was shit and, uh, and they had too much ads. Great coverage. Over here, we just had 
uninterrupted uh, coverage or hardly any ads at all. No, if you none. Were, um, so, on Sky. So it was, it was fantastic. So, uh, no, I was more engaged in it than I had been at any other Olympics um, in terms of the athletics, the triathlon, and the, and the sports we did in the, for the Kiwis. So for me, though, probably the highlights was, was the, the, the Kiwis and the athletics when we had the pole vaulter. I just happened to have the TV on when our oh, pole vaulter. Oh, amazing. We had this yeah. young girl, she's 19. What's her name? Eliza McCartney. Eliza McCartney, 19. And she, she got bronze, but she was phenomenal, wasn't she? Mm. So that and the, and the fifteen hundred, I was on the did a big, I did about two and a half hour training session on Sunday morning, and uh, and timed it so I was watching the athletics and watched the fifteen hundred, the five thousand, women's eight hundred. Uh, so that was that was pretty good. Jeez, my is amazing, isn't he? Mm. I went for a run on Saturday. I had an amazing run. I did fifteen k along Summit, and uh, and coming down Dyer's Pass Road because mm. I averaged like two thirty or something, and and, mm. and coming down Dyer's, I managed to get my speed down to two. 50 but it's mm-hmm. downhill and yeah. I just managed to get it like I wasn't like I was staying on it and I was beating myself up on the downhill <laughs> and you're thinking man they're doing that for like 20 you know, 15 minutes you know that's phenomenal but again one of the most bizarre things was that men's 1500 so if you didn't watch that so we, we, got, we got a medal there you and I if we trained we could have kept up for that first lap those 66 seconds of the first lap now for you and I that is it's killing ourselves absolutely but blisteringly the best personal best effort you know and 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 you'd be lying on the ground vomiting afterwards but yep. we could have kept up yeah whereas uh, i don't know what is it it's like a, it's almost marathon pace well they said they basically said it was what 30 seconds slower than like it's the slowest 1500 uh, in like yeah. 100 years insanely slow so stupid like that mm. which worked for nick willis's didn't it mm. so we had a great result we yeah. had a bronze medal yeah but he got a bit boxed do you yeah. think if he because his last 50 was the fastest of everyone mm. Mm. if he was a little bit unboxed at that moment yeah, that's the 1500 meter race the American guy took it right well, well done mm. uh, for me highlights um, I feel I, there's, there's only a tiny amount of um, sympathy for the Aussies only a tiny amount but you guys had a terrible Olympics well I have to say Great Britain OMG Amazing. you guys absolutely killed the Olympics man mm. to get second you know for the Great Britain that, that's pretty phenomenal mm. and what's really impressive about the Great British it was it was golds and silvers they didn't mm. actually get that many bronze mm. like if you look at China China got third but they had quite a few bronze was mm. the, the Poms absolutely killed the Olympics mm. man they and obviously America always killed the Olympics um, yeah Australia were, were a disappointment weren't they yes it's a disappointment in lots of sports because you mm. watch the rugby <laughs> Yeah, we smashed them in the yeah. Come on, Australia, sharpen up. We, I, I think for us, we had a great Olympics, but I would like a couple more golds. Oh yeah, you know, like because New Zealand, we we had our best, most successful Olympics, as in how many medals we got. And traditionally, we get quite a few bronze, not many silvers, mm. not many golds. Well, this time we got a crap load of silvers, mm. not many bronze, but not you know, not many golds. And mm. if we got seven golds. I would say, wow, mind blowing. We got four golds. We got Eighteen medals all up for New Zealand. For obviously, Kiwis were telling you what you already know. Um, but the cool thing is, we could probably name all eighteen medalists. We might just, it might just take us a couple of minutes to do it. Yeah. But we could probably, Bevan and I, could name all eighteen medalists. And uh, that's where you feel sorry for the Poms and the the Yanks and stuff. There'll be a lot of people that wouldn't be able to name uh, half the medalists. Well, because they get so many as well, yeah, and they but, get no attention. But also, um, some highlights for me: this Fijian sevens team mm-hmm. winning the gold. Mm-hmm. You know, that I was, was happy for them. That was yeah. pretty phenomenal. Um, I did like the fact that. A lot of the guys who were rock stars came in their last Olympics and still, you know, mm-hmm. like Phelps, I thought was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Bolt, you know, the, the, the real, you know, Farah, these kind of people who kind of were expected to win, but they kind of came along and won. I have to admit, this is the first Olympics which I watched with the scarring of thinking they're all cheats. 
you know, mm. like I did kind of watch yeah. it thinking a lot of these people are probably going to be on drugs. Mm. Um, and at the same time, I felt really fresh when you see someone like Nick Willis, who's a Kiwi, um, getting third in the 1500, which is a blue ribbon, a real blue ribbon event. Yep. Um, he's not on drugs. No. Uh, and when you see guys that aren't on drugs still being able to, to do, do well. It, I mean, can we say, I think we can almost categorically say he's not, he's not on drugs. No. Uh, he's quite outspoken. Um, and then the triathlon, you know, uh, you hope most people aren't. One thing I will say is, is the way Jorgensen reacted when she finished was... Uh, yeah, she was pretty emotional, wasn't she? That was just, you know, imagine the pressure you're under when you're such a raging hot favourite yeah. and you're just going to look like the biggest douche if you don't win. Yeah. And uh, I think those were almost tears of uh, stress and relief stress relief than uh, than tears of joy yeah she was pretty cool mm. um anything else no but uh, olympics rock it's mm. so cool to watch so many different sports and joe and i really are thinking about we're pretty certain we're going to do tokyo so i'm really looking forward to actually going and, and it, did you have, you have you been to an olympics no i'm looking at commonwealth games 2016 is it, is it? i've got gc gc here we come oh yeah i might hear for that as well because I went to the Melbourne ones, and they were awesome. Mm. So, yeah, so team, if you can, get to Olympics, you know, bring it on. Okay, so that's pretty much our Olympic wrap-up. Uh, the only other thing I will say, what was, what was I going to say, John, which was Olympic-like? Um, I can't remember. Chucking some music, big boy. Oh, do you want to do the other discussion? Tom Davis. This yeah, is I'm doing that now. Corner. Ch- yeah, chucking some music. Oh, you want some music? Okay, here we go. Coach's Corner. <laughs> got him halfway through a yawn. Head to wait. Okay, so we've got a question through from Tom Davis. Guys, apologies if this is a topic you guys have covered before, have we? Uh, maybe. Not really. Um, but I was wondering if you had any advice on what sort of training is possible to do in a fasted state first thing in the morning. I would guess that low intensity activities would be more suitable for the early morning sessions, but I'm not sure whether it would be advisable to do anything of high intensities, e.g. interval, threshold sessions or longer endurance, e.g. one hour plus runs, without taking on proper fuel. So, just wondering those Early morning sessions. It really, I think the answer, my answer for this is really depends what your overall nutritional strategy is. So if we, if you're sort of a more traditional eater and you, you know, you have a reasonable amount of carb in your diet, go back and listen to the interview we did with Dan uh, Benedot um, quite, a, quite a while ago, and he was very much of the opinion and Indeed. and had the science to to back it up that. If you eat before sessions, you're generally going to perform better, and he's got you know, plenty of evidence to show that. That you know he's gone into different um, training groups, get them to have something before they train, and they'll perform better in those uh, in those workouts. And one thing he said in the interview, because he was talking about the, when he took over the Olympic team for the American guys, and he was saying that none of them ate in the morning because these guys are running two or three times a day. And he's like, why aren't you? And they go, oh, I just don't like running. He said, you just got to train yourself to mm. eat before a session because a lot of people don't think they can put food in and it's just going to be a problem. And it's more just train yourself towards Absolutely. doing that. And so if you are someone who has never eaten before you've exercised in the morning and you know, you're know you not in the kind of low-carb, high-fat world or healthy fat, mm. um, what you can do is just start with a small amount of carb. He was saying mm. you've got up to 200 grams of carb, so it's mm-hmm. quite a lot of carb. But mm. you know, like at the same time, what you are thinking of is just, I might work towards. So you might start off with like 25 grams, then 15, and then as your body gets used to using that carbohydrate, you will perform better if you put that in before the session. 
and he was pretty much across the board on on if you're going to train in the morning have something before you before you go into yeah. train not if it's just a, a high intensity session have have something pretty much regardless and of the argument is if you've got energy you're going to train better mm. yeah which makes a lot um, sense then if you want to go down the low carb high fat <clears throat> sort of path then the, you know the general advice is um, take nothing or just just have have water um, unless you're going to be doing some higher intensity efforts then you are advised to be having having something to, to, to keep you sort of going through those those sessions. There is some um, nutritionists and, and scientists out there that are sort of saying if you do fasted workouts, it does uh, consistently, it does diminish your ability to absorb carbs if you're going to be doing that further down the session. So oh, okay. we, we don't have the 100% answer saying this is exactly what you should, should or shouldn't be doing. There's sort of kind of two fairly clear pathways you can go down. In my experience, so if you're going to be doing some intensity in there, you are better off having having something um, to get you through that sessions. What I currently do is if I'm doing anything under um, under three hours with minimal intensity i'm generally taking nothing and just just do it, doing it on water okay. uh and that is across the board whether it's swimming biking, timing of the day doesn't matter uh yeah pretty much timing of the day but specifically here was sort of fasted morning sessions um but i'd definitely be going out for for long rides and uh and just taking on nothing and going for pretty much as long as i can because i'm going down that path of trying to improve my fat oxidation and sort of going down the low carb high fat um high, high fat pathway if I am going to be doing, uh, and I do quite a bit of intensity on the bike, um, then I'll generally will be having something either bef just before the session, or you know, it may be just a, s a small amount of carbohydrate or some some cashew nuts or something, just to sort of try to kickstart stuff. But I think the, the second part of this question, you know, you, you sort of talked about being in a fasted state, but also if it's a morning session, the other thing that you need to consider is your arousal levels. So if you were going to be doing a really high intensity bike session early in the morning say you're going to be getting up at five and starting at 5 30 then you, you want to be thinking about your arousal levels because it takes a little while to get you get yourself kick-started um so it may be taking um either some coffee or a caffeine tablet or something like that just to get you sort of perked up so you can really get in there and, and be fired up for the session if you're still half asleep and you're trying to lay down you know 10 by two minutes very hard then uh, you're going to struggle I think also when we think about arousal levels, think about how do I arouse myself outside of food. Mm. So, you know, like, you know, does music work for you or mm -hmm. do you need a training partner and all those kind of stimulants that you can inject without needing the food. Mm. Um, so for you, you're still doing low-carb, high-fat pretty pretty much? Um, I'm going to, when Belinda goes away, uh, what I, I'm generally sticking to it for majority of the day and then at dinner time I kind of just whatever the family's doing I sort of so, sort of roll with it so I wouldn't be uh, low low carb but um, during the day I'm trying to keep it low carb and then just just sort of settle in with the family for, for dinner um, but for example you know I did I did a 20 minute time trial on the bike on Sunday um, and before that you know I was uh, had a can of coke and a caffeine tablet because you know I wanted to be yep. very fired up for that session so um, still taking in sugar but when I go out for long sessions now if I'm uh, doing like when well, I'm not really doing any long sessions but I'll be when I do get back into it I'll be trying to do, do them in pretty much fasted state and try to um, work on it to become a bit more fat oxidation and part of that is is body composition where I want to get my body composition to but it is also about trying to yeah be able to be a bit more efficient when it comes to race day so I took on one thing I just changed my breakfast mm -hmm. so I, I still eat carbs outside of breakfast um, mm. 
yeah, but I did change my breakfast to more of an omelette based kind of cheesy yeah. omelette thing. It's the only thing I changed because I was having like toasts and stuff, and it's the only change I've made. And I have to admit, I'm probably a little bit leaner for it, but overall, training wise, I still feel the same. But I'm not, I wasn't really that focused on it. When adding carbs in for the training, how much mm. are you adding in? Um, for me, you know, I'd probably just have some cashews or a piece of toast or something like that, yeah. or or maybe a little bit of a, maybe half a, an M's bar, something yeah. like that. Um, but definitely, when it comes to long hard rides, you know, and epic camp preparation stuff, then I was going to more traditional fueling in that in that circumstance. Not so much the, sh- the 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 gels and the drinks, but taking on carbs, and that was usually in the form of, of M's power bars or something like that. Okay, good times. So there you go. So hopefully, so so the answer to the question is: do take some carbs on in high intensity. Yes. Okay, even if you're doing the fasted. Stage. And get yourself uh, get those arousal levels up. Um, if you're doing any inten- or, or have a strategy around arousal levels for intensity. Um, early morning training, you can still smack out the intensity, but you just got to be have, have a bit of a plan for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three, two, one. Statistic. It's, it's fantastic. fantastic. It's a it's a stat New Zealand always loves to bring up because it makes us look good. But we normally win this, and this is why I wanted to bring it up because we didn't win it. And uh, so it is the per capita. Yeah, but the problem with the Olympics. per capita thing is. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll do it. Yep. Granada took it out. Yes. They but they got, got one medal. One medal. So they got a medal per 0.11 million of the population. So well done, Granada. Yep. And then Bahamas. Bahamas was second at 0.19 of a million. They, they got, got two, two medals. medals. And then it became down. The real competition was between Jamaica, New Zealand, Denmark, Croatia, Slovenia a little bit. But Jamaica was best. Uh, sort but of again, a, it's gold medals that wins it, isn't it? Because they got... Oh, no, is this no, population? This is total medal. Oh, okay, this okay. is total medal. Yep. So Jamaica got uh, a medal per t- 0.25 of a million People, New Zealand were next at 0.26 of a million people. have to say, now, this is going back to one of our highlights of the Olympics. I w- did you see the sailing race where the guy got the bronze? The Kiwi? Yeah. I didn't really, I, I mean, I would have seen the, seen the 30 seconds highlights. have to say, the Australian athlete in that race is probably the most impressive athlete I saw at the Olympics. Really? Yeah, it was, it was impressive. So the, what happened was, they went into the last race, I think it was an Italian guy was leading by overall. Mm-hmm. So sailing, they have like 10 races, and the last mm-hmm. race is the middle race. I don't know why they caught the middle race, because I don't think it really makes any difference. You know, if you've still got the points, you've got the points leading right. into it. So, but anyway, they caught the middle race. So for the Australian guy to get the gold, the Italian guy had to get last. Right. Yeah. You know, and and the Australian guy had to get third. Mm. So the Australian guy, and the, guy, the Australian guy's in silver. Mm. So he's got the silver medal. Mm. And he thinks to himself, well, bugger this. I haven't seen an interview, but you could just say, well, the way that we're racing, I don't care about getting a silver or a bronze. I'm mm. going for gold. So at the beginning of the race, so in sailing, the beginning of the race always is pretty interesting because they can get penalties and stuff. And mm. So the Australian guy just sat on the Italian guy, just mm. annoying the crap out of him, at the same time taking a massive risk that he may have got the penalty. Mm. Well, he manages to get the penalty on mm. the Italian guy. So so suddenly the Italian guy is going to be last out of the start. Mm. So then they take off. But the problem was the Australian guy is second to last coming out of the start. Mm. So for him to win, he had to get up to third, I think, or fourth. Mm. So you're thinking, good on you for getting the penalty, but you've screwed your race. Mm. Then what happened, which, which didn't help the Australian guy, is no. So the Australian guy must have had to got. I'm not quite sure, but and the guy pulled out, like the China guy pulled out of the race. Mm. So now the, the Italian guy is pretty much guaranteed the goal. Mm. The Australian guy rode all the way through the field, overtook the Kiwi guy on the line, and got through to get the gold. Very nice. It was it was like to be honest, it was kind of really impressive mm. because to take that risk mm. and go you know because the thing about the Olympics and I was talking about this on my other podcast yesterday is the thing about the Olympics is 
it's one of the only times where you where you can be successful in getting second or third. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can justify. You know, like for a lot of sports, if you don't win, cycling's a classic example. Yeah, if you don't win, you you, you know you, you've gotten a loss. And in most mm-hmm. sports, the, the winner takes it all. Whereas in the Olympics, because there's still glory in silver or bronze, for a lot of athletes, they probably do kind of take that conservative approach of mm-hmm. you know what I'm you know. What? I've got the silver, let's not lose the silver. Mm. And to be honest, in that race, the Kiwi guy who got the bronze, he had that approach. He probably mm. could have been a bit more aggressive to go for the silver. But the Australian guy, man, I, and I don't have his name, but I was well impressed. And he got it, he got it like literally in the last second to get the gold medal. Yeah. It was bloody impressive. Nice. It was pretty cool. Now, we did get an email, John. I got a rant. Someone's ranting. On and, me. and I think it's a fair rant. Pete Rockout Griffins, Giffins has got. I must have my have my water in my eyes from this morning's swims. Oh, my ears from this morning's swims. I thought I heard John say America wins most of their medals in fringe sports. You did say it, John. I did. I say my. I don't, I, you did. I, I know. I definitely said they win a lot of medals in fringe sports. I don't know if I said most. No, Come no, on, John. Maybe really where is the love? We have thirty-three medals now. He wrote this before we finish in swimming, twelve in gymnastics, eleven in track and field so far, and others in rowing, diving, swimming. The list goes on. These sports are stewards of the Summer Olympics. Where are the Kiwi medals? Canoeing. The new to Olympic rugby sevens. Didn't they even add that just for the Kiwis? Sailing, shooting. Sure, the US have won the same number of medals in these sports, but we're uh, were it not for these and the rowing, we wouldn't even know the Kiwis were there. Laying <laughs> the smackdown. Maybe it's not too late to get cricket added to Tokyo. That way, That's New Zealand trying. can at least get a silver <laughs> behind Australia. Oh, he just digs it in. Uh, and then he kind of comes and says, honestly, though, the real reason the US wins so many sports is there's sheer number of athletes across so many sports. I actually think that's unfair. America is pretty good at sport. Yeah. You know, like, you're sure the population and the rest of it, but, geez, they dominate the Olympics pretty much every time. Uh, we certainly are blessed here with the opportunity to play so many different games and with a deep pool of track and swimming talent. I love watching the Olympics. It's fun to finally get to see something other than football, but I do agree with the comments about the coverage here. It's absolutely terrible. So mm. he was kind of giving you a bit of a... A bit of a dig, and I think I, I, absolutely New Zealand does well at uh, rich, affluent sports. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, that's yeah. where we get that's where we get our medals. I've got no um, that. Yeah, I haven't really got much of a comeback on that. America. I think it's the same with all the the countries. Like China gets a lot of medals in non traditional sports as well. Um, in terms of well, no, they're, they're traditional sports, but your gymnastics and all those sort of things. Where okay, John, I ask you a stupid question: mm. Who goes down as more of a legend, Phelps or Bolt? Bolt, you think? Well, no, I think he, he will, but. You can't really say yeah, comparing no, to apples and oranges, but Bolt will definitely—he'll definitely go down. Yeah. I think people can relate a bit more with with him than uh, than Phelps, in terms of you see him, you see Bolt more regularly through that four-year cycle. Like you'll only see Phelps every four years, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, where you see Bolt most most of the time, you know, setting world records and stuff. So. Yeah. Bolt. Both both phenomenal athletes. So. I do get frustrated when people say he's the greatest athlete of all time. It's like. God, that's just a stupid call. But but that's a stupid discussion. It is a stupid discussion. Yeah. Because actually, do you know who the greatest athlete of all time statistically is? Who? Donald Bradman. Right. Yeah. If you go, if you so Donald Bradman, for those who don't know, is a cricket player who basically averaged ninety nine point nine, which a century in cricket is like something that 
athletes hope to get occasionally in their career hmm. well he averaged nearly 100 in every game hmm. and the ironic thing is it always he needed to get was like two runs in his last game and he went out for a duck yeah um which is a great story but um so if you look at statistics across all sport so the top players in cricket nowadays or across time average about 60 mm-hmm. and he's 99 so he hmm. actually statistically is he's kind of like lecky in the pool was he's hmm. so much further ahead of any other athlete in, in the history of the sport so he actually is the greatest of all time if you're going to go based on statistics um good times okay jonbo my first try that might be music for my first try yeah, i'm not happy with the music john i need to, i know that person sent something but we need back in the old days in the old garage band had so much better music maybe i'll make it a project there you go yeah maybe i'll make it a project here we go here's the music My first try, Jombo. I love that music, weren't we? We do. Okay, Jombo. So we had uh, my first try and good old Paul Suki Smooth Williams sent it through. Under 16, Milo Jr. The old Milo Jr. My, classic. So is Milo worldwide product or is it just sort of no, Commonwealth countries? Yeah, yeah, I think probably Commonwealth. I don't yeah, know. Maybe so it's so in Milo's States. like a chocolatey drink. drink you make up. It's just full of sugar. It really is. Molo Junior Triathlon, December 1990 in Botany Bay in Sydney. I was not experienced in any of the three disciplines and was doing it for an off-season basketball training. Wow, that is kind of different. Greg Welch, I had vaguely heard of the name at the time, gave the pre-race talk and he had just won the ITU World Championship. He was also commentating at the Olympics. Yeah, right in the background you could hear it, eh? Mm. Sounded like he was doing a great job too. Mm. Uh, swim was in Botany Bay, 300-400 metre swim. Just before my waist start, we were told that blue bottle stingers were in the water. I'm highly allergic to them. <sighs> That's pretty ballsy to keep on going then, isn't it? You get in and start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I started the swim and after a few minutes, the stings started. Oh, and the water safety people told us to head back to shore. When we got out of the swim early, uh, all the parents and supporters on the beach started booing and abusing us. It's <laughs> a great, <laughs> great sign of Australian sport. <laughs> the better swimmers had missed the blue bottles. I kept going into transition area where I had a bucket of fresh water to clean my feet before I had put my board shorts on, socks and sneakers for the bike. I don't own bike shorts. I didn't own bike shorts and there was no way I was going to do the whole race in my speedos, of course, because cool, cool factor is pretty important. On the bike, plenty of people went past me uh, with my toe straps and the clips and the aero bars. I was dropped my water bottle about 2k, but got through the, the 15 and 20k okay. I was pretty confident about the catching the people in the 4k run as this was that was going to be my strength. By the time I hit the second k, I was vomiting from an allergic reaction from the blue bottles and had to walk a bit before I collected myself to come in mid-pack. Went back the next year with some actual training behind me and for 26 years I had been hooked. Nice. That, that is pretty ballsy. I've been. Have, yeah. have you had a blue bottle before? I've had very tiny stings, but <laughs> nothing significant. I had twice. So when we were in Hawaii a couple of years ago, I got a little bit of just a line of one. Mm. But when I was in Tonga, my first ever trip to Tonga, um, I got a massive one. What actually happened was I was with this kid and we were playing in the water, mm. and she got it stung, and, mm. and it was like on her. Mm. So I fucked it off, but it came onto me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. And it really hurt for a long yeah. period of time. Yeah, it was, it was a nice experience. I'm, I'm enjoying these my first tries. Yeah, they are great, aren't they? So Paul Sucker Smooth Williams, nice work. Yeah, good times. And Aussies hanging your head in shame when you're <laughs> booing <laughs> under 16 year old boys uh, for coming out of the water when they're getting stung by blue bottles. Oh, that's good. I got you on my sponsor. Athlinks.com. Do you want me to pause? Yes. 
We're going to pause because we didn't prep. So here, here's the pause. We've already said athletics.com, haven't we? No, we haven't. Okay. Maybe Sponsor? We, maybe we have. I think we did. But okay. let's do it again. Athletics.com. It's a beautiful thing, John. Okay, John. But we actually got an email this week. Someone was a slight Desmond, uh, sorry, William Desmond, uh, was a little bit upset that we didn't mention the triathlon, the 70.3 in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And why was he upset? Because old Brian McChrystal was the Irish guy who did really well. And so he's just, he wanted me to give some love to Brian McChrystal. And he's saying, Brian McChrystal currently holds the Irish IMM record set at Arizona in 8.30. So it's kind of cool. And he said, Brian McChrystal added another fantastic result to it. There's a list of achievements over the weekend at the extremely impressive performance at IMM 70.3 Dublin. McChrystal, who was racing the event as an age grouper, finished second overall, just 14 seconds behind US winner Ben Collins. The, how do you say that? Um, Drahida man maybe yeah. started the race 10 minutes after the pro men's field but thank to the quickest bite split of the entire race 2 hours and 6 minutes 36 seconds had moved to the front of the race by the time he arrived to the Phoenix Park in the 21k for the 21k run McChrystal covered the run course in 1 hour 20 36 seconds to finish with an overall time of 4 hours 46 seconds bring him exclusively close to the overall winner's time Collins who had earlier walked over the line in a 4 41, so 4 hours and 41, unaware of the fact that McChrystal, while 10 minutes back in real time, was just seconds behind him in the virtual standings. So, John, we thought we'd do some research and use Athlinks to do some research about Brian, I'm yeah. sorry, William Desmond. Uh, no, probably Brian McChrystal, Crystal. Sorry, yep. Who's William Desmond? He's the guy who sent it in. Oh, okay. Um, Brian McChrystal, so you, you plug him into Athlinks and this is a cool thing, you go find out his results. Oh, the reason I, I like that email, he's the current Irish record holder, mm. I'm in Arizona, he did 8 hours, 30 minutes and so 50 seconds. So he must have it as an age grouper. Uh, he finished 12th overall and I'm just trying to see what... Uh, no, I think he was racing pro there. So maybe he's okay. raced a little bit of pro and he's coming back and racing age group. Um, it's hard, kind of hard to tell from this. He's got all his times here, which is which is cool. 12th out of 33 in the pros. 12th out of, 30, 12th out of uh, 712 overall and uh, out of males. And 12th out of 2,367 females. Uh, no, uh, total participants. So that's a cool thing. You just go on here, and if you've got somebody, you don't know too much about. Okay, let's do a stats, John. What about his like marathon? Like, go to his overall stats. Oh, okay. Here we go. Give me a second. So we're giving, hey, well, we're giving plenty of love now, aren't we? Okay. So it's half, half Ironman time, four oh six Olympic try one uh, one fifty five, Ironman eight fifty, half marathon one thirteen. Well, he's done a, a eight thirty. Eight. What did I say? 850. Eight eight thirty fifty seconds. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, half marathon one thirteen thirty. Oh, that's pretty good. Wonder if he's got anything else here. Hold on. Marathon, not so good. What's his marathon? <laughs> Take a stab at his best marathon that he's got on here. Well, you say not so good, and he's done it's a one. Really not so good. Or like a three thirty? No. What? Let me. Let me. I'm have to look. Five forty eight. Wow. <laughs> maybe that's. Uh, maybe. Maybe that was. Maybe he was doing it for something. A du- guy of that Dublin, level. Dublin marathon, five hours forty eight in nineteen ninety eight. Jeepers, he has come a long way in the last eighteen years. Well, that's so maybe, so how old is he? He's got his age. He's, 30, uh, he's, he's 35 plus. In 1998? Mm. So he's pretty young. Mm. It's a long time to be out there for a marathon. Yeah, he was, he was young. I mean, in an Ironman, man, you see people doing that sort of stuff, but in a fresh marathon, for someone who's now going at 8.30? Yeah. That's impressive. 
I wanted to be an athlete 20 years ago. And he thought, 18 years ago, he goes, I'm going to be an athlete. 10K, not so impressive. Maybe he hasn't done many. <laughs> oh, 30, 30, 37, 46. I'm <laughs> trying to pick him up here. No, this, this is highlighting his amazing performances. Whereas Sharp it up in your 10K in your marathon, mouth. not so good. 10K, 37, 40. I would expect that to be down sort of 35-ish. But uh, I'm man, 8.30, 50, Irish record. Can't complain about that at all. Have we ever had Irish pros? Sorry? Irish pros. They've got a few female pros. Um, and they did have a guy at the, they've had one or two at the Olympics. Um, but no sort of general rock stars. Mm. Ireland actually didn't do that well at the Olympics. Ireland doesn't race in the group Britain. Yes, they, maybe they didn't. But they do the best interviews out of everyone. Anyway. Oh, they was, those boys were gold, weren't they? The, the rowers. Who got silver, didn't they? Silver, I think it was the lightweight pair. I think it was the only medal. But then I saw another interview with their marathoner. And again, it was just a fantastic interview. It was a female <laughs> marathoner. She did um, 240-something, which is not great. I think maybe it was even 248. You really are telling people they're not great. Well, it's not. I mean, you're you, you, you <laughs> the world <clears throat> And she didn't. Do, yeah, she was, she was, she was 10 minutes off her PB. Yep. But her attitude was just, I'm a mum, I'm, she was, in, I think she was late 30s, and she just explained what the Olympic experience meant to her and to, to get there and stuff. And it was just a fantastic interview. So good on you, Irish. Yeah. You may not be winning. The Irish are funny. One of our coaches is Irish, and she's such a hoot. Mm. The Irish are a funny, funny nation. Funny bunch. Yeah, they're all funny so bunch. Athlinks.com, get on there and you can research anybody you want to know about. And even if they're not on Athlinks themselves, you would generally be able That's to find That's what's really cool results. about it, isn't it? Yeah. And you can tell them you don't think the marathon time's that good. <laughs> yeah. Sharpen up. Uh, you might be the best triathlete, but sharpen up on your marathon. He's got a very sharp Ironman time. <laughs> exactly. I would love to do an 8.30. Okay, Jombo, uh, other piece of uh, questions. Oh, questions and answers, just a couple of things. There's a couple of ads that have come out recently about triathletes. I've just... The TV was on yesterday or the day before, and I just saw Dick Hoyt running across. I thought, oh, maybe this is like 60 Minutes documentary on Dick yep. Hoyt. Because he was saying, he was saying a story, and I, thought, I just quickly thought, oh, I wonder what this is. And then it was a Fitbit ad. Oh, well. Well, Dick, Dick Sister Hoyt. Madonna's on a big Nike one right now as well. All right. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting for Dick Hoyt to still be amongst it all. Good on him. I hope, yeah. he, I hope he's getting some money out of it. Oh, I'm sure he's doing all right. Yeah. I'm sure he's proud because in the US if you get an ad in the US you're making some money you hope so because even in New Zealand like I've done a couple of ads and you get paid a stupid amount for yeah. nothing so I remember years ago um, you know that remember um, Oi the uh, the Energizer guy Jacko mm -hmm. yeah so he was. He, I saw an interview of him and this is like the 80s mm. and uh, they'd done the Energizer ad in Australia and New Zealand and it was a massive thing so they took it to America and he's saying, you know, like, I think, you know, in Australia, he got paid like 10 grand. It was massive mm. money. And he went to America and I go, well, we can, this budget has 500,000 for you. Mm. <laughs> he was like, whoa. Mm. So, okay. Uh, any other questions and answers? That's it. That's it. Okay, John Burrow, let's talk about our patrons. Uh, Keith, uh, the Ice Lord Manning. How's that last name, Beyond Chris, Chris, the Battleship Niebauer. And then we've got Stan Laser Lassick. And Marcus Thunderbolt Aronson. If you want to become a patron of the show, guys, it really makes a big difference to what we do here. And you just go to www.iamtalk.me. You can decide how much you want to give. Each giving level has different kind of rewards. Uh, and then you also get your I Am Talk nickname and you go into the draw of winning the trip to Kona. So and one of the big things it does for us, it helps to ensure that we, you know, every second year we can make it to Kona. Because um, yeah, we time. love doing that coverage over there. And it's uh, so it's basically you know, helping a lot in terms of getting us there. What we should do, John Boy? 
It's every to Maybe is this something we should be discussing off air? Yeah, no, because we're doing road next year. We're mm. going to do Kona Road. We should make that a habit. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this road camp. I'm really, yeah. And everyone is like sold out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, Unless you've got an entry. Yeah. And one thing for you guys that have signed up, Melina's coming as well. Yeah, so it's going to be... Melina's the greatest storyteller of all mm. time. And he's such a cool guy. So it's going to... And my Joe. Mm. You're going to get to hang there out you with go. Joe. She's going to be camp director. Yep. And I might bring my clapping game. Yeah. Oh. It's on so If you do want to still try to get on a piece of the action, um, you can email me and get on the waiting list. But the other thing that Challenge do is they release some more slots in um, December, just sort of around Christmas time. If you can nab one of those slots, um, then you can still come on the camp. So we're not really limited by numbers of people on the camp. We're limited by how many slots we've got in there. So even if you just gone. wanted to come along and you didn't want to do rote, if you just mm. wanted to go watch rote on the day, mm. totally, it's totally there. So uh, if you wanted to do that, it's on www.talkme. Yep. Okay. Or just email us. Okay. Uh, sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And they're just people who are amazing. It's mm. as simple as that. Jumbo, what's your goss? Girls, the girls are going away? The girls are going away. So what are the boys planning? Uh, I'm going to be doing a trainer road 10-day uh, day challenge, which we set up on there last year. That's going to be my, my training because I'll be pretty much restricted to the trainer unless I happen to pop out during the day when the kids are at school. So that's all good. And I organised the regional duathlon champs yesterday, the Canterbury Secondary Schools duathlon champs, which is all good. It's a beautiful. We're having some great weather down here in Christchurch, 18 degrees, middle of winter. It was awesome. Outside of that... Just getting back into a groove. We went to we went to we went to Terrace Downs on mm-hmm. the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a kind of resort, about an hour out of town. Uh, and because a friend of ours was turning forty, and they yeah. they really kindly they they hired all the rooms for everyone. So we went long Holy and moly. Yeah, I know it was <laughs> a pretty good, pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, and I tell you what, they put on a good feed. I've been eating some good food over the last few yeah. days, John, which is really good. But anyway, your friend from school, guy. Guy, oh, I don't know his last name. Yep, yep. You don't know who I'm talking about, do you? I think I do. Young guy, Guy Evans. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You went to school from, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. He told me because well, a couple of guys from school, but probably Guy Evans. He's in school in Christchurch. Real nice guy, real friendly yeah. guy, mm-hmm. really cool guy. Mm-hmm. Guy, guy. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm not sure if you've told you. Does, does, does the audience know about what happened to you at school? Let's not bring that. Up. <laughs> but the reason why? Sorry. The reason why it was so unfair. I take, I take a hit for people. Oh, it was, did you take a hit for someone else, did you? Uh, oh, come on, great. bring it up. Because I want to tell the reason why, because it's not bad. It's appalling what happened to you, John. <laughs> it's appalling. Because I knew you... Okay, so here's what happened. John got kicked out of school, didn't you? I, I, so that's, it was suggested that I, I just find some alternative schooling. So John got expelled. <laughs> <laughs> and from a very high-class school too, wasn't it? What school yeah? Probably the most prestigious school in New Zealand, right, right up there in the top. Two or three. Yeah, so John was at a prestigious school. I went to, so when we think of schooling, John went to the top end. I don't know if I want the story coming I out. went to the bottom end. So yeah. when I, even last night, the guy in my band, and a guy in my band, we're, we're all kind of, you know, we come from the lower part of town. Mm. And he, go, he goes, what school do you go to? And I told him the school. And he goes, oh, wow. <laughs> so, You've done well. So, so there's, 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 there's these scales. And John got kicked out of school. And when I found out, because I knew you got kicked out of school, and I knew mm. it's not something you're proud of. Mm. It's not something you really tell the world, although I'm telling the world yeah, right thanks now. thanks for that. And, uh, but it was because you got something, your haircut. Oh, that was only, that was one part of the story. Oh, okay, so tell the story. Come on, let's go. People want to hear. And basically, the, moral, the side of the story is when you go to the school, you're pretty much on duty 24-7. Yeah. And so 
there was a couple of inc- alcohol incidents, <laughs> and I just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. You I didn't do anything did bad. Uh, so one time was we were at a school dance, and um, and we had some alcohol hidden out in the bushes, and we all oh, got which busted. Every kid does. Yeah, so we got busted for that. Another time. Uh, because I looked like I was about 40 when I was about 14. Oh, you got the I, alcohol. I bought some alcohol and some young fellas got uh, a little bit inebriated and so I got busted for that. Oh, so really? So nothing uh, Oh, because they told me it was because you got the... Oh, I, I, and then uh, the, the other one, that wasn't really... Uh, uh, that was uh, go home and don't come back until your hair's grown back. I went away to... It was a Division Two Swimming Nationals and I got two golds and oh, really? silver. And this is where, if you... This is a, a little bit of the Chrissy factor. I went away on this this trip, and there was an older girl on the trip. Mm. <laughs> pulled out the charm, and so I was on cloud, cloud nine. nine. And you won gold. I no, but that was a, I was just in such a good headspace. I never swum so so well in my life. Oh really? I so that's the key. Get banked it big time, <laughs> and so I got, and you swam well. Yeah, got gold on the two hundred back, gold on the hundred back. And then my silver, the 200 IM, what they used to do in swimming was um, you have three timekeepers on each lane. Yeah. And your time would be the, um, it, was either, it wasn't the average, it was the middle time. Because okay. you'd have, say, 113.56, and 113.whatever. Yeah. And yours was going to be the middle time. And so my time in that, it was a dead heat between me and another dude. And then they decided to give the guy, the guy, the other guy, the medal because the official on the side thought he touched first, and so I got the silver medal. Huh. So I didn't get three golds. So when I came back from that trip, um, because Christ College, I was the best swimmer by a long way in oh, my yeah. in my year group, uh, until some other dude came along and stole my thunder <laughs> and the gill. <laughs> uh, um, but when we were up there, I had Avon shaved into the back of my head. That was my swimming club. Yeah. So I went up onto stage and was getting all these trophies for all this, this school sports that had been a few weeks earlier, and uh, it was not good. Oh, really? No, I was uh, I was taken straight up to the headmasters. He was shaking my hand, come and see me after this. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny moment, Because eh? yeah. you walk up feeling really awesome, and then you walk down and you're like, absolute crap. And you get the whole... St- School, you're in front of the whole school getting these trophies and you got the whole staff standing up there just looking at you with the death stare. <laughs> well, what made you not really realise it would be a problem? Oh, that was 13, 14. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Wasn't good. So oh, there you go. But what he just told me was the haircut. Nah, wasn't so when I heard that story, I was appalled. Yeah. Whereas when I know you're a bloody, you're a dealer, then mm. it's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. So now I got it out of the team. Good. I'm still busy just cleaning out the vomit out of my mouth from uh, from s- on Sunday night. I had a bit of a bit of an incident. What do you mean? I looked at Facebook. And oh yes, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And I'm a headline. I've got to go in a couple of minutes, by the way. But I've got to do this because I'm a bit of a headline reader. I sometimes don't Maybe read art- that, articles yeah. in full. Yeah. And so I just quickly went on Facebook. I'm not a big Facebooker, um, but I do check from time to time. Every 10 times a day. And went on to there and uh, see this post of Bevan and Joe. And I go, God, some people, why do they have to declare their love on Facebook? It's absolutely pathetic. I went into Blunder and said, God, Bevan's an idiot. (laughs) 
and and he'd put on there. Oh, I'm, uh, I just want to show how much I love Joe. And no, like, it's a challenge that's happening right now. But I didn't read that part. Yeah, okay. I read the first part. I thought, for God's sake, just tell her you love her. Keep it private. Nobody else cares. Nobody else needs to know. And I said, God, that's stupid. God, that sort of shit really fires me up. But I also said uh, at the same time. Gave Belinda a hug and said, I really, really love you. <laughs> and, no, this, this is the truth. I said, I really, really love you. And, uh, and, but if you ever put anything like that on Facebook, or if I put it on there, I'm happy for you to divorce me. And we both agreed that, that there was an agreement we've got. If either of us do that, divorce is, is a legitimate out. So what then, you know, then, then she said, did you read the whole article thing? And I said, no, I didn't. And then you tagged me trying to challenge me. I thought, no. But then did you see who nominated the second day? Yes, we did. <laughs> Linda Newsom. Yeah. We've got a response coming. Don't worry. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. I look forward to the response. Yeah. It so ain't happening. There's no need to declare your love on Facebook. As long as you're telling your, your partner you love them, keep it, keep it in house. John, it's all right. Spread your love to the world. No, it's not. Might inspire bullshit. others. No. Oh, sign, sign, sign of weakness. Sign of weakness. Sign of weakness. Yeah. The end. <laughs> um, just quickly, birthday on Friday. Good birthday. But one thing I did do is, first of all, King of Snake. Have you eaten there? Yeah, it's great. I oh, eat too much there. Oh, it doesn't. Mm. It's an expensive meal, but well worth it. Mm. Oh, the pork belly and your mm. wontongs. Oh, mm. to kill for. But went to saw the movie Poye. And if you're a New Zealander, mm. best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not in New Zealand, I'm not sure if it would be any good, but New Zealanders, mm-hmm. go see Poye. It's Poye. Oh, put, put on a bit of that music in the outro. I've got to okay, go. Okay. Put it, okay, I'll put, put it on. The I'll probably be in trouble for doing it, but that's all right. How many seconds have we had? I think 30. Right. Yeah. It's a great, it's a classic New Zealand song. Oh, brilliant. Classic. But the story behind it is phenomenal. Mm. Like, mm. it's phenomenal. So check it out. Okay, guys, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I just got to put a photo up of Joe and I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kicker. Kick